I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Friday night. It's time for some Tech Vibe Radio. I couldn't be more happy and more excited to be hanging out with you, Audrey, tonight. I know. Love Friday night. It's good stuff. All the stuff coming on. Nice fall evening. And uh, pretty excited about all that's coming up around in Pittsburgh these days. And it's unbelievable. It, yeah, it is unbelievable. I know that we are, you know, celebrating 21 years of recognizing companies that are up and coming in innovation when you, and when tech. When you say that, 21 years, that just blows my mind how long we have been We're legal. doing this. We are legal now. I bet you if Amazon knew that we honor the 50 fastest growing tech companies every single year for 21 years. Well, I think years, they know locally. They would set their headquarters here immediately. <laughs> They'd be like, search is over. Mm. We're doing it. <laughs> I don't think it's that simple. <laughs> Probably not. No. But I'd like to pretend it is. No. Anyhow, I digress. <laughs> but we have a lot of amazing companies that are in the, the Tech 50 finalists this year. I know. That people who are listening to the show should know about. We should. We have Innovator of the Year in Health IT. And that category has grown. Yeah. That, Ten years ago, we didn't. Have, we didn't even have that category. No, we didn't have health We, we added that probably about five years ago. I bet, right? Right. So we have M Modal, mm-hmm. MedRespond, NetHealth, Health Monitoring, and Careform, and all of them were working on different. Yeah, they're little little different aspects of things. Aspect right. from wound care management to um, voice recognition to making sure that um, the opioid crisis is being sort of tracked and attended right. to. So it's really interesting, like all over the map, people trying to solve problems in that arena and, and add it for a while. Like Iagnosis, they're actually doing telehealth for dermatology. That's how they started. Remember we had them on the show when they first started? That was right. many years ago. Well, it was a few years ago. It wasn't yeah, that far like, ago. Like three but or four, but yeah. But, but they're doing quite well. Absolutely. Then you have the startups of the year, which is always a ton of fun. You have Angler Labs. And they're working on data collection. I still go back to when we interviewed Angler and you started dropping all that fishing knowledge. That's I know. all I can say. I was sort like, of scary, you know but needless to say, <laughs> Angler Labs is collecting data. And, you know, fisher people definitely care about trying to understand all the conditions and how they uh, fish. They want to maximize their experience and right. catch the biggest the sky fish. Sky Scission, small change. That's, that's a crowdfunding real estate. Um, platform that's trying to shake out the way that neighborhoods get investment. They're the first so, platform of its type to do mm-hmm. that, too. I know, right? really. You know, invest in your neighborhood, which is really cool. That's what's so cool. And get a return, using, which is what I love. Yeah, like, take that... pride in your neighborhood, invest, invest in property. Exactly. Invest in new opportunities, get a return. Really very exciting. All the way around, all the way around. Um, innovator of the Year, Consumer Products, Diamond Kinetics. We've been watching them for a while. They're actually putting... They've have sensors on baseball bats, and they've gotten their toe into the MLB. How many data points in a swing? Oh my gosh! It's like it's like a it's like like tens of thousands. It of has data to points be right, and you wouldn't think about it. Swing, and from those data points, they can tell where your swing needs to be improved. Shell Games rears its head always once oh, again. Oh man. Jesse Shell and his team are always doing pretty incredible jobs. They're a force to be reckoned with. They really are. 
Uh, and so that you know that's exciting. UPMC Health Plan has had some new products that they want yeah, to shout about. So I we're like excited it. to hear about that. And then of course we have CEO of the Year because it really matters. You know who runs these companies and oh, yeah. uh, what kind of culture they have, and and in addition to what their mission is. And we have Louis Von Ahn, founder and CEO of Duolingo. Jim Gillespie, who's actually been around for quite a while, runs a company called Gray Matters. We know Jim; he's been on the show before. Nathan Martin of Deep Local, who recently yeah. sold his company and uh, still has maintained deep deep roots. No pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> um, Jessica Tribus of Simcoach Games and Ted Teal of Touchdown. Again, those represent market sectors that you know, Across are the very, board very there. diverse. I know. Um, so it's just exciting. It's an exciting time for Pittsburgh. I say that every year, but it just feels it, like it's it getting is. better. It, it doesn't get it's old. It's getting better and better. It doesn't get old. It You're gets, right. It, it doesn't old. get old. That's a good... I like you saying that. It doesn't get old. Mm-mm. It's fresh. It's To me, it feels just as fresh as it was in 1997. When we did first you, did really? this, because everyone was pumped, like, "Oh my gosh, who are the fifty winners going to be? I mean, or who, who are the who are the, the winners in the categories? Who are the fifty finalists?" Like, people were excited that like there were hot companies and there were companies deserving recognition. So, for all the world to know, yeah. Jonathan Kirsting, yes. my partner here in crime, yes, he celebrated two decades. I did of working at the Tech Council. I know, and I, I he's had, been at every Tech Fifty. I have, and it's crazy. he hasn't missed one. Nope. I mean. So that's that's pretty remarkable it's, it's, in this day been, and age. It's been a crazy journey, isn't I'll, it? Remarkable it, to think that, you know, someone's been working at, <laughs> in a in a place. He's not been in the same job per se, so that probably makes a difference. But you've been hammering away I've at done trying all to types do and kinds everything of fun in terms of marketing and communication. Everything out there, and they get to have way too much fun. You've and lost some hair. I've lost over... some hair. Some's gone gray. <laughs> not that bad, though. It's getting there, man. It's not that bad. Your colorist is really doing a great job. Yeah, I know. I'll have to, I'll have to give her extra money next time. <laughs> My colorist. We had a celebration. We did. A surprise party for him. And that is, I can honestly say, I've never had such a cool party in my entire life. That is not it, true. It is 100% true. And I was never so surprised in my entire life. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I can't say thank you enough to everybody who participated and and, and, and was deceptive to me to get me there. <laughs> I know. They made up some crazy there excuse was, to yeah, get him to a bar. And, and, I actually, and I actually fell for it. And uh, it was all good, and I couldn't be more pleased. That's all I can say. But for two decades, yep. you know, a lot of people don't really have have that. No. They're not staying not. somewhere. It's not... Yeah, it's it's a, you don't have that. You're at a place for that long, and and you get the golden watch, and they send you away. Instead, it's like nope, twenty more years. Let's go. <laughs> I need twenty more, then I can retire, Audrey. Yeah, how about that, if Jonathan? I it, if I can make it to sixty-five, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway there, I can't wait. <laughs> at least I made it this far. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tech you are a rich man in uh, many ways. In many, ways, in yeah. many, many ways, you're a rich man. <laughs> If best. you don't know who Jonathan Kirsting is, just go out on Twitter. You'll see some pictures from our event. You also can see some new skin that we've put on a website now, yeah, right? It's getting very yes, yes, absolutely. It's it's getting close. Our, our is Pittsburgh, it getting Pittsburgh, close? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Tech Fuse is just about there. Just bookmark it. PGHTechFuse.com, our new media hub. I'm very yes. excited. It's in it's 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 being it's betaed right now, and it, it's it's right on the precipice of going live. It could happen at any moment, and it'll be very very soon. I'm very excited about it because it's 
all the Tech Vibe Radio podcasts, all of our interviews, TEQ News Magazine stories and features yeah. and profiles, Made in PA, and video stuff. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of video. I forget how much video we have out there, Audrey. And we have our new Talking With Your Mouthful series at the airport that's going to be posted that very soon. I was just looking at our first cuts of our video on that today, Audrey, and I was very excited as we were interviewing Bob Curlick at Martini and at Bar Simon. Just saying. Very fun stuff. So we're we're trying to you shake know, things he, up. He gets out of my vision for one second, and the next thing you know, he's at a bar. That's I can't help myself. Like I said, after, after 20 years. Anyhow, we have a great show coming up in front of us tonight, Audrey. I cannot wait. Uh, I, we have Virtual Clarity stopping by. We have Sea Leveled with Platypus stopping by. And we're going to end it up with Susan Artisan of Bit by Bit and Jamie Butcher of Blank Rome when it comes to talking about protecting trade secrets and things like that. So, goodness. Man, a lot happening All right, here well, on don't night. go away. We go have away. a great show ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn all about the Pittsburgh Technology Council and all the fun we get to have by going to pghtech.org. And follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Thanks for keeping your dial tuned right here to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. This is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, we have way too much fun on a Friday night. We do. We get, we get to hang out with Pittsburgh's coolest tech set, the Jet Set. The Jet Set? Or the Boat Set. <laughs> or the Robotic Boat Set. Okay, so who do we have in the house right now? <laughs> We've got some great people here. So Paul or Dan? Dan from Sea Level. Dan, no last name. Dan Seedham from Sea Level. <laughs> What's your social security number and driver's <laughs> license number, too? Uh, <laughs> and Paul Sherry from Platypus. I do have a last name. You yes, did. You do. That's great. Absolutely. Okay. So we're here to talk about Platypus. And let, let's, you know, break it down. Let's talk about you've developed and you're selling a water analytics service, but you use a boat. Yeah. A robotic we, boat. Come robotic on. Robotic boats. That's you put the, the important word, thing. You put the word robotic in front of anything and it makes it double cool. It, it, like if you had a robotic Dan Seedham over there, <laughs> do you know how much cooler he would be? Probably he, more useful. He all. would be, yes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Call him Robo Dan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so the, the idea of these robotic boats, they're, they're small. They're three feet three three foot long and only weigh about 20 pounds okay. unfortunately we can't uh, transport people around but they're used for collecting information about water okay and that's currently really hard it's and almost like water drones or something like that yeah water drones you know robotics people don't like hearing the word drone no. we're smarter than that I, but, okay uh, ah, i like it <laughs> no, there you on. go <laughs> but uh yeah that's the idea it's like someone called it a roomba for water one day i'm not sure i really like <laughs> a that, roomba for water we collect information about water and use that information for Managing the water better for tracking down polluters for you know working out what dredging to do tracking or down polys. polluters. Well, sometimes if someone's making a mess of the water and you don't know where it's coming from, the boats can run around. Okay, and so find let's where this talk peaks. about what yeah. kind of sensors are on there and what kind of information you yeah. can, you're extracting. You get two basic classes of sensors. Half of those are going to be bathymetry. That's going to tell you what's on the bottom, how deep the water is. Okay, maybe how my, how soft the bottom is. And what vegetation is under it or what uh, weeds are in the water. Okay. And then you're going to look at water quality sensors. It's going to tell you how healthy the water is, how much oxygen there is, how much, you know, stuff is in the water that you, you might not want to so be who's, there. who's doing this work now? So let's sort of like go back and then, you know, like how does this get captured now? Well, that's the fun thing about doing this because we're really replacing a poor intern in a kayak who's paddling around <laughs> with yeah, either, uh, a poor intern in well, a kayak I have a job like yeah, that it's, it's yeah. a pretty good it's a pretty good job to you've paddled around 300 lakes in the you know November in New York or something 
as you're paddling uh, through pollution, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're, we've done this out on pig farms in Mexico and oil ponds in Mexico City. There's not a lot of interns that, that volunteer for that kayaking no, job. I got you. Got right. to admit, there's some, there's some nicer ones out there. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, so where'd the idea for this come? This was a complete fluke. This was a, a CMU research project where yeah. we built um, robotic boats just as a test platform for doing cooperative robotics, which is what our lab worked on. And as we, we, we just needed to build a simple, low-cost device that didn't have to deal with the FAA every day like our airplanes Exactly. Were. Interesting. And it turned out everyone kept saying, can we please have one of those? Can we please right. have one of those? And, and these are we, pretty popular. And they get yeah. pretty popular. And we got called down to, uh, to Kenya and to the Masamara um, you know, uh, park down there by okay. some Princeton biologists to help them map what was going on in a, in a river full of hippopotamuses. And Whoa. We sort of realized after that that, uh, you know, yeah, university, a was, here, university right? was fun, but, you know, yeah. So there's a company here. And so you guys, are, hang, and you guys are hanging out with Sea Level, which is why Dan's here. So how are you it working is. with Sea Level? So models? wait, let's back wait, up, though. Okay. You're a Carnegie Mellon faculty? I was, yeah. You was? I was. I was. Yeah, you know, I, I tried taking the leave, made but, the leap. yeah, the, the leap. you know, Platypus wow. was keeping us busy enough that uh, I like it. made that, the big jump and cool. full time. That's yeah. cool. So what's your background? What's your academic background? Computer science, PhD, and then, uh, you know, 15 years in robotics, cooperative robotics. Wow. So it's, it's, it's interesting and it's fun when we're doing this for environmental purposes because we've taken algorithms and technologies we've built for finding bad guys in Afghanistan with unmanned air vehicles and put right. it on, uh, wow. on boats. Often, sometimes wow. it's not even a change in the software. It's you, exactly it's, the, it's same works software, the same software. And Holy we're looking heck. for uh, pollution or we're looking for. You know, uh, it, where dredging hasn't gone properly. Because bad guys are bad way. guys, right? Bad guys are bad guys, wherever they are. Exactly. Excellent. So how are you working with, with Sea Level here, Dan? What are you working with these guys on? So Paul and I met, I went back and checked five years ago. Okay. When he was still at CMU. Yeah. And I remember vividly, he was working on a way to get robotic boats to jump, to hop from fish pond to fish pond. Whoa. <laughs> which... Just made an impact on me. I just me too. envisioned these yeah. little boats jumping, jumping around. around. I still um, want to do that one day. I yeah. still want to do that. <laughs> well, you should because I know it, it would be really entertaining to watch. <laughs> but uh, roll the roll the calendar forward, and it moved from research to a prototype to real live customers to hey, it's time to wrap a real business around right. okay. around this great technology. So, who are customers, for example? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to share their names. No, well, but. You can if you want we to. We can. I mean, so we get some really nice uh, oil and gas com companies okay. um, that, that are doing things. Makes sense. A lot of companies are engineering companies. They're looking at it. We look at a lot of impoundment ponds, um, uh, water treatment places, places where they're pulling water from the rivers or dredging rivers. So there's a lot of engineering companies doing things. And then there's a, a whole industry that I didn't really understand that people that look after water and make mm -hmm. it, make it healthy and mm -hmm. make your golf course lakes healthy and your farm lakes healthy and your policy your lakes makers, policy makers, anyone who needs wow. to, to understand that, you know, it's, it's amazing how much every part of our life is driven by data except water because we know so little about it because there's only so many interns willing to kayak around and stick thermometers exactly. in water all the time. Exactly. So there's a real lack of, of information, but the people but that But you're probably getting other that, information that your intern paddling around is not able to grasp. It's different, yeah. Right? And we certainly, and they can get some that we don't get, but yes, they, mm -hmm. they will take a, a few hand measurements. They, right. might, they might collect, you know, 50 samples an hour if they're right. diligent. 
we might collect 10,000 samples an right. hour with a single wow. robot. Right. Wow, wow, and our wow. background is cooperative robotics. We had 20 robots in the water working together the other day for a for a defense project. It's like right? a swarm of robots. It was, on a, yeah. it was yeah. absolutely a swarm of robots. It. And so when you start to look at that, you need a heck of a lot of uh, interns and a heck of a lot of kayaks to get that sort of information. And you really can't. And then the kayaks so, are all bumping into each other. Out that's there right. So then, then it's really a, you know, a technology that we've never had before. Right. You know, we've so never really well, and, and I just am learning this, but I didn't realize there's 3 million square miles of inland water, which is where platypus really focuses. Okay. So ponds, lakes, rivers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll know what comes out of a pipe or what goes into or down a drain, but all the stuff in the in between isn't really understood. So rather than just seeing changes from time to time, right. platypus can give very dense data. It can it can follow any pattern you set it up to. So it's not any of these technologies are n- none of them are the end all be all. They all can kind of work together because of the analytics platform that Platypus is putting together. Because that's the real magic. I love the name. Yeah. I can't believe it wasn't taken. Yeah. There's a few platypuses out there, but none none for robots. No, none for robots. Uh, no, no, we'll, see. To water. we'll see how no long you'll be able to. Yeah. With the exposure you That's get here from TechFribe. Yeah, but you got to figure you No, to you're going to have to figure out platypus, right? You're going to have to figure that out. So, do you have people working for you now? Yeah, we do. We're, we're a real gig economy company. There's be about mm-hmm. 15 people that come and go on any particular day. Um, but it's busy. We, we've had jobs in Cancun, Mexico City, Colombia, and Australia in the last two weeks. Jeez. So it's it's a busy wow. time. We do, a, we do a lot of work. We um, we have a lot of stuff coming up in cool. the next year. And where can people go to learn more about Platypus? Uh, Sense Platypus, S-E-N-S-E, platypus.com is our website. Very or cool. come and visit us in the Strip. And go to c-level.com. You can learn more about the services they have to help companies like yours out there, which Absolutely. I feel like is just fantastic. Dan, thanks for bringing this guy over. Oh, yeah. Come yeah, on, I, I knew you guys That's would great. enjoy this. It's I love really that. cool, very relevant. Thanks very for having cool. us. All the way around. This is why I love Pittsburgh. Come on, man. Where else you got robotic boats and swarms and stuff? Popping <laughs> around. Yeah. It's so awesome. So awesome. Hey, we're taking a break. We are coming back with more awesome stories just like this. So do not go anywhere. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Follow us on Twitter at pghtech. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. October, Audrey. How did this happen? We're a week away from Tech 50. 21 years. It's unbelievable. I know. Celebrating innovation in tech in Pittsburgh. Really exciting. I think it's completely awesome. Just reminding everyone the biggest night, Tech 50. We are the 50 fastest growing technology companies in the Pittsburgh region. I can't wait. It is the best time of the year. And uh, there's still maybe a few tickets left. I don't know. I, I think know. we're almost at capacity. But if you go to pghtech.org, you can find out and get more details on it. So just remind that. So, Audrey, we have a great guest that stopped by here. This has been in the makings for a while. All summer long, we're trying to get this guy in the studio to talk about virtual clarity. <laughs> I'm serious. Absolutely. We have Carl Freeman here. Carl, thanks for stopping by today. You're welcome. So, Carl, yeah. you have a heck of a title. I, I can't, do, yeah. and I can't say it ten times fast. It's okay. It's two. It's two titles. That's why it's okay. a title. So, I, uh, so um, you know, virtual clarity is a small, uh, a small boutique consulting firm, advisory firm. So um, we we wear multiple hats. Um, so I'm a strategic client engagement director for them in the U.S., which means I look after their big accounts, make sure they're happy, and 
everyone's doing what they need to be doing. You like happy accounts. We do like happy accounts. <laughs> um, and I am, uh, I also run their operating model practice. So where a client needs help um, stitching different parts of technology operating models together, um, I will bring in myself or one of the team to help talk to them about how they're going to fix. So how long models. have you been there? How long have you worked I have been at Virtual Clarity, I think, two and a half years. My LinkedIn's been flashing up saying I've had a two-year a two working <laughs> a two year, okay. anniversary. But I, I know I was there for six months before it kind of, like, got itself sorted out on LinkedIn. <laughs> two, <I think> it's <laughs> nice. two, two and a half years. So yeah. what's your background? Whew. Um, so I lived and worked uh, uh, pretty much all over the world, actually. Asia, I started my, a lot of my career in Asia, um, uh, consulting, uh, contracting back in those days, when you know, not, not consulting as right. an advisory. Um Basically, taking any job I could get um, is what that meant. Okay. Um, and then uh, I worked, obviously, in the U UK, uh, financial services, um, uh, for about six years before I came to the U.S. Um, or, or I worked on the buy side, actually, for most of my career, or buying side. I get told mm -hmm. off the same buy side. Um, and uh, I across most of the large infrastructure um, verticals. Um, and then the latter part of my career, before I took a year off traveling with my family, um, uh, for about five years, I ran glo uh, global change and transformation for uh, large investment banks. And so, l talk a little bit about virtual clarity. What what does it mean? What do you do? What so, um, as I said, it was about 160, I think. Um, it changes because of the amount of consultants we have working on accounts um, and, and associates. But there's about 160 um, people in the firm. Um, it's predominantly in um, the UK, the, the the US, Northeast, predominantly Central Corridor, um, uh, Amsterdam, Singapore, um, Germany. Um, uh, the yeah. sun never sets on virtual clarity. Yeah, but those never, are really never sets on virtual <laughs> Those are great places to visit. Um, them, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a, uh, a head office British company, but um, you know a, a large part of our revenue is driven out, driven out of um, cities like Pittsburgh um, in the US. And we um, we are a boutique transformation company, so we would call ourselves um, a cloud transformation company. Um, we like to help companies get to the cloud and 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 and, rem and end up with as little infrastructure as they as possible or as they want to. Mm -hmm. I like that um, as little infrastructure as possible. Yeah, we used to say right. like invisible infrastructure or, or zero <clears throat> infrastructure, right. but given that we were working for people that ran infrastructure, it kind of scared them off. Yeah, you don't want to freak so, them out right. too much, right? So, yeah, <laughs> invisible infrastructure or minimal infrastructure is where we're trying to get them to. Otherwise, why use the cloud? Right? And so if <laughs> exactly. people are listening, there's lots of multinational companies here in the southwest from Pennsylvania. If they're listening, what kinds of things would they be struggling with? Um, that's a great question. I mean, I think we focus predominantly on financial services, insurance, um, and healthcare um, as our, our verticals, where we where we okay. uh, predominantly an advisory company, um, writing strategies, architectures, and design um, for going to the cloud. Um, we do do um, application migrations. We do actually get involved in, in physically taking people to the cloud, but that's usually through partners, um, uh, just because of the size of the firm. Um, and we work with people that usually are struggling to think about how to go to the cloud or have tried to go to the cloud and got stuck. And that happens probably more often than not, especially in the yeah. early days. I mean, there was, it was kind of a little like the wild west. And so That's there right. were many strategies, maybe some better than others. Yep. And people found themselves either getting burned or not having a successful migration. And so they're like, wait a second, we really have to go to the cloud still right. aren't quite there. So they're, they're calling up 
a virtual clarity, especially some of these bigger corporations and stuff that you work with where that's right. you know, they got a lot riding on that. And, and so they, they come to you because you can, you can show them the right way. Well, that's right. Well, sometimes with the competition as well nowadays, it's probably sometimes some of these large companies um, last turn to get it right. You know, it could be time to close doors if they, because there's a lot of money involved. Um, um, and the competition doesn't have all the technical debt all the legacy, you know, infrastructure they have, you know, that they have. Mm -hmm. So um, what we do is we specialize in coming in very quickly. We call it precision guided transformation. Okay. Um, and we try and work out, typically there are around about five issues that people have going to the cloud. Okay. It will be uh, a regulatory risk issue, uh, i.e. Um, there actually is a problem with a regulator stopping them going to the cloud. Internal regulatory audit issues, i.e. they haven't spent enough time with their internal um, support partners to talk about how they're going to the cloud and 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 what whether where they're putting their data is it encrypted is it encrypted at rest mm -hmm. all those kind of mm -hmm. things um, and we get involved with helping bring them back together and having a bit of a kumbaya moment we have methodologies to help out um, simply getting the technology wrong um, that's probably the biggest one right there well people say <laughs> that but I I think the two biggest ones in my book are um, ignoring the people in the cultural transformation. Uh, I think that's huge. Um, very so, big, right? um, And that's probably true for lots of transformations, right. not just It's the all cloud. about the people. It is all about the people. Because mm -hmm. um, they'll figure workarounds. And they will put their heads in the sand. Right. And they'll right. derail like, it. And they'll cloud schmoud. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I can keep know, these files over here. <laughs> that's right. They're threat vectors, we call them, right? So right. the cloud is a big threat vector to their career, especially if they've been in tech for... Yeah. You know, As you said before, we were talking about getting rid of infrastructure. You're like, no, right. no, no, we can right. do less. <laughs> um, we do less and we're going to retrain people to, you know, so we talk, we go in and we talk about retraining people to code there so they can learn how to code infrastructure in the cloud rather than, you know, physically install infrastructure. Wow, okay. Right, so, right. Um, uh, so that and um, people and culture and really um, not understanding the business goals is the, is the largest one. And probably the biggest area that virtual clarity specializes in is, Focusing technology people on business outcomes that rather make, than... At the end of the day, it's the right. outcomes that you're right. looking for, right? Right. And, I mean, and the cloud is just a tool to make that happen, so... And you work for a bank because they're doing banking, um, not because they want to invent lots of cool technology. Um, and so we go in and um, a lot of times we find that people have just recreated huge amounts of infrastructure in the cloud for not really understanding the pipeline. Um, so we go back in, we speak to the business, we get the business um, problems distilled down into something that the technology people can relate to. So a good, a good success story for me is, you know, I'm walking into a room of 200 tech people and saying, Hey, what are you all up to? And they all say, well, we're um, putting this widget over here in this data center because the CTO told us to. And uh, six months later, if I walk into the same room with the same people and they say, Oh, actually we're actually installing this in the cloud so that this CIO can get more of their applications into the cloud faster mm -hmm. to make more money or save money right. or, you know, to get functionality to their clients more quickly, whichever it might be. Very cool. Um, yeah. So uh, that's a good indication. That's Absolutely. Cultural success. Just reminding our listeners, we're talking to Carl Freeman from Virtual Clarity. Where's Virtual Clarity's right. website? Where can What's we check you website? guys out? Well, it's www.virtualclarity.com. Just that easy. It's well, that you, easy. I can uh, even find a, it. There's only yes. one of us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so did you, did you come up through sort of your career in the technical aspect of the work? Um, I've done all of it, but the last five years was specializing in people, um, process, and cultural transformation. Interesting. Um, and as I said, I took a year off with my family before my kids went to school, got like hyper schedule as they mm -hmm. do these days. So I went cold turkey from the buy side, and when I came back from a year, um, 
lots of really kind people like our um, our founder and CEO. I'll give him a plug, Steve Peskin. Do it. Um, oh, that's he, great. Uh, called me up and said, you know, why don't you come and help us that's great. Um, help the industry? Um, more help us more help bro- the industry. More, more like, broadly, right? Absolutely. So is Virtual Clarity hiring? Are they are hiring? hiring. Yes, we're always hiring. We're always looking for you know for what great. What are you looking for? Um, cloud architects across multiple disciplines. So um, I'd say you know security is a big one. Compliance is a big right. one in the cloud. Um, you know, designing templates for moving at certain types of application. You talk about whether you're going to re-architect an application or just re-host it. Mm-hmm. Um, that drives different designs. So solutions designers, cloud solutions designers. Um, you know, um, you know. Those are the three key areas that we're looking for in terms of implementation. We're always looking for great pre-sales people. I'm always looking for people that have a base, great base understanding in process re-engineering. Right, okay. So, um, you know, uh, um, there's a shortage of people with cloud experience right. and process re-engineering. Right. Right. Seems like a really interesting place to work. I mean, you're working on some super tough problems, and I, I, I mean, I'm, assuming every day it's something new going on yep. learning new stuff all the time and so in pittsburgh now you're kind of are you kind of newer to pittsburgh right now and, and you coming to pittsburgh back and forth through all the different cities that you go to what are your thoughts on pittsburgh and, and virtual clarity being here i love it actually um i had some friends um that lived here um I'm from chicago um and the day i um i first came to work here they'd moved they actually moved um to new york but um I'd spend some time in I love the culture here. I feel like it's got a real kind of renaissance culture. Um, I, we're, like, we're fortunate that we have some, some people working here that are local, so they drag us to nicer places. And, All the good know, spots. More bohemian places yes, than just, you, you know, downtown Pittsburgh. So we go off to the suburbs and, you know, eat in you know, strange um, places uh, that are much more kind of esoteric <laughs> yeah, than you'd find, uh, you know, find on Fifth Avenue. Uh, Pittsburgh has the greatest TGI Fridays ever. That's right, yeah, say, yeah. But they have uh, <laughs> a huge amount of tech companies coming in here, right? You've what got, it's all about. You know, you've got some, some massive companies coming in. Um, you've got Con- Carnegie um, as a feeder here. One of the things we are seeing, I'll, I'll say as a trend, is um, a younger talent staying longer. When I first came here. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was r- really hard for companies to keep talent here because they're being lured away to bigger salaries. But we spent a lot of time with millennials and Gen Zs and Gen Xs that are right. coming up, and um, they are much more willing to stay around now because they see, more, they see more. That's what we need. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Carl, thanks for stopping by. Virtual Clarity, virtualclarity.com. Great, great stuff. Yeah. You're we're, welcome. We're taking a break. More Tech Vibe is coming right at you. Okay, this is Audrey Russo. And this is Jonathan Kirsting. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. And remember, Tech 50 is right around the corner, October the 12th. No better way to spend a Friday night than to be hanging out with us here on Tech Vibe Radio, bringing you the best what's going on in Pittsburgh's technology ecosystem. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And Audrey, we have some very, very cool guests with us tonight. Very excited about this, this, I re- this interview. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I really want to do sort of a deep dive really quickly. No. I know. Right? Time but works against hurry, yeah, us let's sometimes. Let's hurry up. I know. Let's hurry up because we have two awesome women in the house here: Jamie Butcher of Blank Rome and Susan Artisan of Bit by Bit. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, what do we want to talk about today? Where are we going to start? I think we're going to talk about the Defend Trade Secrets Act, which mm-hmm. is a, a new act that's uh, was put into effect in May of 2016, and. Uh, I'm from Blank Rome, law firm in Pittsburgh. So Blank Rome is newer to Pittsburgh, 
They're a Philadelphia, New York-based law firm. But two years ago, we opened the office in Pittsburgh. Right. And now there's about 13 lawyers in oh, the wow. Pittsburgh office. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I we're I thought great. the name was kind of new. So Welcome. just two years yeah. in town. We're glad you're here. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, it's exciting. So we're growing. And a large part of my practice is working with companies to help them protect their confidential information. Absolutely. Which is their most important assets. And a lot of it now is electronic, which is where Susan Artisan exactly. and Bit by Bit come into play. So how did you guys find each other? I think we've known each other for 10 years okay. since we started the company because Jamie was at a different firm and ah, we started working see, on these I types see. of cases Excellent. before okay. the DTSA was passed. So we've been investigating employee theft for almost 10 years now. So talk about the Defend Trade Secrets Act. So the Defend Trade Secrets Act was put into place in order to help companies <clears throat> be able to go into court across the country um, and to create uniform law about how to keep how to keep information confidential, what's considered to be confidential, and how importantly to get that information back. So Congress wanted to help companies with that. And I think I think Susan knows the numbers, but the amount of information yeah. that is stolen from companies it's... per year is staggering. It's like, you know, $3 billion a year, I think, um, and wow. multiple, multiple cases. So really, that's how information is walking out the door now. That is, that, that is an astounding number. And so yeah. I'm excited to talk about how their strategies and ways around to minimize this and, and keep companies safe and, and what's kind of going on to, to defend against this. So great conversation here going on. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. So usually we get called in either through a client that we have or, or one of Jamie's clients where they suspect that a, an employee most often Something's going on. an inside employee <laughs> right. is about to or has left the company and something's not sitting right. So we typically will be given the computer, their cell phone, access to their email and so forth to see if something funny was going on. Um, so the type of investigation we're looking at is whether or not USB drives have been plugged into the computer at mm -hmm. a critical point in time where areas within the company's servers have been accessed where access was not previously allowed, whether things have gone up to Dropbox, other cloud storage repositories, whether they've been emailing things home to their Gmail account. There could be a TV show made about this. I think there is. And <laughs> <laughs> although they look like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. So, anyway, so we look at all those types of things and working with lawyers like Jamie or in-house counsel, put together a timeline of events that the artifacts that are left on the computer, the cell phone, that really give us right. a complete timeline as to who did what when. Not necessarily who, but right, the but computer the was computer being, was being used, used as long right. as it was you know the person's in computer. And then Jamie takes it from there and heads on into court when we find that, yes, they were taking company information and those kinds of things. So I'll let her explain a little yeah, bit more about that. And so the, um, the Defend Trade Secrets Act has been very helpful for people who practice in this area because it gives you the right to go right into federal court instead of going into a state court across the country. So, so it do, makes it faster, it right? It makes it faster. Okay. It and time's of the essence for a lot of this because the sooner you can get stuff back or stop mm -hmm. something, save your business a little bit, right? And it also allows for an ex parte seizure of the information. So you can, some judges, if you can get them to agree, will let you go and grab that USB device right ah, back. Right instead then. of having Because the passage huh. of time is really right. the problem in these cases because if your information is out, it's at a competitor. It's spreading. Right. It's spreading everywhere. Wow. That's when there's a real problem. You can't put the rabbit back in the hat. So the Defend Trade Secrets Act. Hopefully, it's new. Um, it hasn't been, you know, fully implemented tested, or tested. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're we're still hopeful that it's going to be very helpful for companies. So there's a new set of parameters in which to work by, and it's making it it's much it's much better for if you're a company and something's happened to you, you can hopefully get remedy much faster then. Yep. The right the into federal court instead of having to go to all the varying state courts around. Right. Very yeah. interesting. So that so there's promise for that, right? Right.
So then once, you know, Jamie is usually successful in getting a, an injunctive order, that would include allowing us bit by bit to look at the uh, defendant's personal computers, potentially their new employer computers to see how far, if at all, the information has traveled. Wow. Um, and then usually part of what, you know, the remedies might be are to eradicate or pull so that information back. If that information has traveled to the new employer's computer, could that employer be held liable at some point? Or Absolutely. Wow. So really? This, you got to think about the small angles yeah. then. So as a potential employer of somebody, you got to make sure that the person that you hired hasn't done anything shifty. Cause that exactly. Can... <clears throat> yeah, that's wow. why. There's, and there's a, a large part of this is counseling as well. So counseling employers on how to... When, you know, when someone's leaving your company, making sure they're not taking something with them when they go is very important. And onboarding employee, new employees is critical, too. So you're not caught in a situation where someone brings something into your right. company right. that you're not aware of that is from a competitor that can eventually make you liable for having it. So there are good practices that maybe you could even just advise us right now? Sure. I think Jamie does a lot of that with companies. So, uh, you know making sure that, you know, HR goes through a series of questions. Did you take anything? Did you, you know, right. uh, inappropriately or sometimes inadvertently, this has happened, uh, transfer any information to your right. to your home computer because you want to do things at home and you shouldn't be doing and that. And right. there's such a blend between work and home that right. like, I mean, files could With easily the, get interchanged. Right. With this whole bring your device to work. Which is a big mistake. But <laughs> so, um, <laughs> That's a whole other segment right there. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, it, it just, you know, I think it just complicates things a lot. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I think, you know, from when Jamie goes into court and her point of view and, and the client's point of view, if, you know, uh, you're told one thing at the time of departure, and then the facts turn out to be another. You know that gives her ammunition to say, "Wait a minute, there's a conflict here, and here, mm. here are what the real facts are." And I think more than once we've had cases where you know the employee told the you know former employer one thing, and it was 180 degrees the other. Yeah, way. I had, really? we had one where the re he said he was retiring and he was going to go do woodworking in Canada. And then <laughs> woodworking the, in Canada, eh? Lo and behold, yeah, lo they had a big cake party for him. And lo and behold, he was at a competitor with the information from Whoa. my so that, Yeah, it's, all, it's always those people that ones you don't suspect. So that, I you got to watch out for the yeah, retiring woodworker. My, exactly. my advice to employers is it, it can happen. You know, every, people you don't can. suspect I worry will take about it. that. Um, you know, it can happen. It happens every day. It is happening across the country. Right. So you should be be ready for it and have, you know, a really good checklist, have good policies and procedures and have a culture where everyone knows the information that you have in your company is yours and should not be taken anywhere. So, Jamie, you provide that service. Is that correct I in do. terms of legally just sort of help companies with um, policies and procedures? I do. Good. Yeah. Okay. So that's they could reach out to you through Blank Room. Okay. And, you know, to add on to that, we have clients now, because they've been burned more than once, okay. do this review as employees exit, just to make sure. The checklist. Yeah. Right. Well, well right. also the <clears throat> examination of their computer. Like, so we hand get over their, your thumb drives. We, well, oh, that's that, your we, we get their computers, and we take a look and see if they went places they shouldn't have gone, if they were accessing information they shouldn't have. And if there were communications with their new company, uh, so we do kind of that check on the way out or as they've left. And again, you know, it enables Jamie to act quickly in the event that something so seems to have that gone seems awry. so effective because it, as you hire someone, you tell them that as part of your employment here that this check will be happening upon your departure. So that, that that puts your in the back of your brain, it keeps you you know from from thinking you can you know be on the sly you know on your work computer 
Right. It's part of the culture it's that you're culture trying you, to yeah, change exactly. and, and affect uh, before it occurs. And in this day and age, I mean, with the value of IP, and, and I mean, that's everything to a company. And to have someone, a woodworker, come in there <laughs> and take well, all your stuff. I think what's so profound is the innocence of it all, right? Yes, yes. I mean. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, depending on what it is, some employees, if they've created it, sort of feel that they have a right to it, you know. That's and, true. And, you know, I think what the company's procedures are really govern that and making sure that they understand yeah, those that's things. really interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, I'm sure there's never a dull day between the both of you. It's so, not. It's not. I was gonna, you have played great stories you could tell us at a bar. Yes, I think so. <laughs> so I'm taking you guys out for drinks after this because I want to learn more because I, I can only imagine the types of things that come across your desk. Like, well, you get to have a lot of fun, I guess, huh? We do. Or be horrified quite often as well, too. Well, Susan, talk a little bit about Bit by Bit. Sure. So it's um, in the website, so in case people are listening. Yeah. It's bitbybit.com, B-I-T hyphen X hyphen B-I-T.com. So we've been in business for 10 years. Yeah. Started in 2007, an early member of the Tech Council. Um, we have the Bar Association's exclusive endorsement to Whoa. do it to be great. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Okay. for the lawyers in town and companies. Um, so we do basically two key areas, e-discovery, which is the collection of electronic documents for, for um, litigation, okay. lawyers and review for relevance, and then the forensic side of things. And our classic case is a trade secret theft, yeah. theft case, but we also investigate other misuses of computers, <laughs> um, you know, sexual harassment, uh, inappropriate conduct by employees. Right. We look at their computers and, and determine all those issues. So you know, we're downtown in the Frick building, and um, you know we're uh, happy to be in Pittsburgh and have been for a decade now. I know. It's really exciting. And as technology marches forward and the blending of devices into our workplaces, like... It's been blended for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole bring your device to work has mm-hmm. been blended for a while. It's really interesting to think about undoing that. Yeah. And then another point, which I know you have a program coming up on big data, you know, that is also infiltrating uh, the practice of law and what we do because of the multitude, the terabytes, gigabytes, petabytes of data that need to be synthesized. And, you know, so we're all on the same page now. So you actually mm -hmm. have it bit by bit. You have a um, supreme data scientist, right? You have someone who's working on your team? Well, we have forensic experts okay. uh, and um, e-discovery experts. Okay. Um, so we I have certain sleep. tools that we license and use to help okay. us to accomplish our work. Okay. Um, yeah. But they're pretty sophisticated in their skills. Yes, they is are. Is what, what yeah. I was trying to get at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And cool. so at Blank Room, this, bus- this practice has probably escalated for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And are there any kind of um, tips that you want to just could share? We got about a minute left. So mm-hmm. We got to be fast. We got to wrap everything up. Yeah, I, w- I would say having you know having a very good protocol in place and having your HR department really be attuned to these issues and aware of them. Right. And we do a um, a free CLE if any company's interested in how oh. to, how to protect Great. your information. Mm-hmm. And it's you know I think it's very informative for the human resource people to hear you know I what think to so look too. for. What Definitely. to look for. I'm sending mine. Yes. <laughs> well, I encourage everyone to reach out to to uh, Jamie Butcher over at Blank Rome and. Check that out. I think it's very well worthwhile. And check out Bit by Bit as well. Two great companies working together to, to keep these things bolted down. Thanks for stopping by the show. Audrey, we're all out of time. Another Friday yeah. night. Great. Oh, man. But I love doing the show because we get to hang out with folks like this. This is great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just reminding everybody, Tech 50 next week, the 50 biggest companies in tech here in Pittsburgh. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.